All right, take your Bibles, go to Ezekiel, Ezekiel chapter 48. Now, we've got some things on the table back there. I might say something about them uh, another night. I don't know, give a commercial or something, but uh, I'm not not big on that stuff. But uh, i got pursuit back there, personal testimony of our struggles, my struggles, trying to figure out what God wanted me to do. And then uh, here comes the bride, got, finally got in uh, two weeks ago been on that thing, trying to get it published again for a long time. And that's on the Baptist Bride Heresy. It's actually It was actually my uh, master's thesis, but uh, it uh, covers the uh, Baptist Bride Heresy. And uh, so those two are back there, and then some other stuff as well. Uh, it's good to see you all again. Good to be back. Thank you uh, for your prayers. Up. All right. Um, thank you for your prayers for my voice. I really appreciate it. Uh, it's doing much better. I might be a little groggy tonight, a little bit tired. It's been uh, hectic getting up here and and that sort of thing. But um, uh, two months ago, middle of August, uh, got the go-ahead from the Lord and from my voice teacher to uh, go back full-time on the road. And uh, just, uh, <laughs> this is great, uh, just uh, now when I stand up in a pulpit, um, I don't take it lightly. It's it's just a. It's always been a great privilege, but I, there's just something different now in me. Just what what a great uh, privilege! I didn't know if I'd ever preach again, and I, I have the privilege uh, to go on, and I thank God for that. Uh, Ezekiel chapter forty-eight. Um, I will try not to be too long, but this is a long sermon, <laughs> so I will. I know you've been working all day, but uh, I. I've, I was praying like, Lord, really? And, and, you know, I wanted to end with this one and I'm going to do it at the beginning. So uh, we'll just go with it and try to do what God, uh, what I believe the Lord had me to do. So uh, we'll start with this tonight, Ezekiel chapter 48, and we will start in verse 10, Ezekiel 48 and verse 10. <clears throat> and for them, even for the priest shall be this holy oblation toward the north five and twenty thousand in length, toward the west ten thousand in breadth, toward the east ten thousand in breadth, and toward the south five and twenty thousand in length. And the sanctuary of the Lord shall be in the midst thereof. It shall be for the priests that are sanctified of the sons of Zadok, which have kept my charge, which went not astray when the children of Israel went astray as the Levites went astray. Let's bow our heads for a word of prayer. Father, God, I'm so thankful that you do live in me. And God, for those of us that are saved, we will never be alone again. Lord, we're saved, we're going to heaven. God, if there is anybody here tonight who's lost on their way to hell, they've never been born again. Lord, I pray tonight they might realize that Jesus Christ died for them, shed his blood. Lord, you're the only way to heaven. It's not a religion. It's not a church. It's you, Lord. It's it's being born again. It's it's asking you to save them, calling on the Lord. God, I pray that you give them that understanding. Even though this is not per se a salvation sermon, pray God that you would deal with them. Pray they might realize that you are the way to heaven, and it's either heaven or hell. But Father, bless now. I pray God that you'd help us. I know there's Sounds like there's people in trials and troubles and situations, Lord God. And I 
Pray you might give them something tonight that might encourage them and help us to realize that this short vapor called life, there's uh, other things dependent on what we do now. And I just pray, Lord God, that you would guide me, help me. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. It's been, uh, um, oh, it's been a while now, a number of months, uh, over a year. But uh, one evening I, I was... Uh, at, in the trailer, I was going to say at the house, but that, that's our house, but, uh, nevertheless, empty nest, and, and it's like small nest, but it, nevertheless, it's our nest. Um, uh, but, um, you know, I was a little bit low. I was down. I just, you know, there, there, I had made a decision. The Lord had guided me on the decision, blah, blah, blah. It's been, a, been a, quite a day, quite good two days. But, um, and I just, it was late and I was low and I just said, God, I need something from you. You ever been there? I mean, just, uh, I, was, I was just a little bit low in spirit. And I thought, well, I'll finish my Bible reading and, you know, maybe God give me something from the Word of God. And then I realized that I was in the last five chapters of Ezekiel. And I kind of went, oh, no. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and I thought, well, it's the Word of God. God's able, you know, and. So I started reading, you know, 44, 45, 46. This would be, well, actually 43, 44, 45. And, of course, you're reading about the temple and light against light, row against row, and the millennial temple on the earth and all that stuff. And I, you know, I knew what I was reading about to a certain extent. And, uh, you know, but, and I wasn't falling asleep, but, uh, you know, I wasn't far from it either. I mean, I'm just getting it done. And, hey, you know, you got to admit it wasn't David and Goliath or something like that, you know. So reading along, and I get to... 46, 47, I get to chapter 48. And I look at verse 2. By the border of Dan from the east side and the west side of Portia for Asher. By the border of Asher from the east side and the west side of Portia for Naphtali. And on and on. And, and you know, it's like, wow, that's, that's really exciting, you know. But, uh, you know, what you're reading about, you're reading about strips of land, strips of real estate going from the Mediterranean all the way over to the Euphrates River which is modern-day Iraq and on and over there. And you got these strips of land going across there, one for each tribe, uh, and he goes on down there. And then verse uh, 8, he talks about Judah. And there's you know quite a bit said about Judah there in this uh, uh, portion of Scripture. In verse 10, a little bit wider uh, portion of land, uh, and in the, in the midst of it, there's this piece of real estate around Jerusalem, and it says the sanctuary, the Lord should be in the midst thereof. And then verse 11, it should be for the priests that are sanctified of the sons of Zadok, which have kept my charge, which went not astray when the children of Israel went astray, as the Levites went astray. And I just kept reading. But my mind stayed on verse 11. My eyes got up to about verse 14. And I went, wait a minute, what was that? And uh, now, of course, what you're reading about, let me give you a little Now, I know you guys get more Bible than the average church, but nevertheless, I'm going to preach to you just like I normally would. Uh, maybe some new babes in the Lord or whatever. But the Lord might come tonight. 
I mean, any day now, the Lord's coming. So they've been saying that for years. Yeah, i got another sermon on that, and I'm not going to preach that tonight. But nevertheless, the Lord's coming. If the Lord was to come tonight, then we would be changed in a moment, twinkling of an eye, and we'd go up in the rapture. We'd go right through the ceiling. It wouldn't stop us. We'd meet the Lord in the air, and we'd go up, and then we'd go up seven years. Uh, of course, there's going to be seven years tribulation on the earth. You've heard about the mark of the beast and uh, 666 and uh, one world government and all that stuff. And, um, you know, that, that's, it's just right around the corner. Just look around, folks. Right around the corner. And um, anyway, so we'd go up seven years trib, uh, uh, one world uh, uh, government, all that stuff on this earth. We'd be at the judgment seat of Christ and then at the end of that seven years, we come back with the Lord on white horses to this earth, and we are going to take over this world. And I'm looking forward to that day. As a matter of fact, in that day, there's something I'm really glad about. I'm really glad that I am behind the Lord. <laughs> Because everything in front of him burns up. I mean, it's just going to be bad. But uh, nevertheless, now what are going to Oh, yeah. So anyway, so we come back with the Lord and uh, Armageddon, you know, all, all that. You hear about that. And then uh, there's 1,000 years where Jesus Christ reigns on this earth. 1,000 years. So it would be rapture, seven years, and then the uh, Lord comes back, we come back with him, and 1,000 years called the millennium on this earth. And what you're reading about right here takes place at the beginning of that 1,000 years. And uh, by the way, if the Lord came tonight, what you're reading about, be uh, 2015. May not be all that far away. You say, well, the Lord, Lord ain't going to come tonight. You don't know that. <laughs> you don't know that. And uh, nevertheless, and he comes back, he sets up this kingdom, uh, and uh, you're reading about something that the Lord's doing right at the start of that millennial kingdom. And I got reading there, and I realized, you know, that's what I'm reading about. And he says there, the end of verse 10, the sanctuary of the Lord should be in the midst thereof. Jesus Christ literally in the middle of that sanctuary on this earth. And then verse 11, it should be for the priests that are sanctified of the sons of Zadok. Well, I read that, and I thought, wait a minute, there's a lot of other priests. There's a lot of other priests. But for a thousand years, the Lord says, these are the only ones I want around me. And I thought, you know, Lord, those are special people. Those are very special people. He says there, uh, sanctified the sons of Zadok, which have kept my charge, which went not astray when the children of Israel went astray, as the Levites went astray. And boy, I started flipping pages and looking things up and all that stuff. And I got a blessing, and I just want to give you my blessing. There's really no outline. I'm just going to give you what the Lord gave me. And I'll hopefully be a blessing to you. But have you ever wondered what you're going to do for a thousand years? Have you ever wondered about that? I mean, the Lord's coming back. There's going to be a thousand year millennial reign. Have you ever wondered what you're going to do for a thousand years? You say, well, not really. Well, you ought to start. Because I'm going to tell you something. A thousand years is a whole lot longer than 70. <laughs> I mean, this life's just vapor. And a thousand years... Take your Bibles, go to Luke chapter 19. 
Go to Luke chapter 19. You know, we get so caught up in right now. We get so caught up in right now. And, you know, you get, get thinking about this, thinking about that, and all caught up in it. And forget about what's coming. You say, well, preacher, I'm going to heaven. That's all I'm concerned about. I mean, I'm saved. Well, there's a whole lot more to it than that. I mean, yeah, you're going to heaven. Don't get me wrong. It's not like you're not going to heaven. But uh, there's some things that the Lord wants you to have. And uh, I don't know about this. Tell you, folks, I got saved because I wanted to go to millennium. That's why I got saved. You say, preacher, I got saved because I didn't want to go to hell. That's fine. That's fine. I mean, I don't care why you got saved. Just get saved. Right? But I was an environmental whack on the mountains of California. And uh, they were talking about the Lord coming back and how nature's going to be reborn and the animals are going to be vegetarians and on and on and on. I thought, wow, I don't want to miss that. <laughs> and I'm not going to miss it. I'm going to be there. I, it's going to be great. <laughs> I mean, the Lord uses all kinds of things, you know. I mean, that was something that just got a hold of me. And uh, But have you ever wondered what you're going to do for a thousand years? I mean, you ought to wonder about that. You really should. So there's more important things. Well, when you get in the millennium, you won't think so. <laughs> uh, look at Luke chapter 19 and uh, verse uh, 12. The Bible said, he said, Therefore a certain nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and to return. Now that nobleman in the story is the Lord Jesus Christ. Now I know the Lord's telling the story, but nevertheless that nobleman is Christ. And uh, he delivers them 10 pounds, verse 13. And he called his ten servants and delivered them ten pounds, said unto them, Occupy till I come. By the way, this story is not the same as the one in Matthew. Uh, the one in Matthew's talents, these are pounds. The one in Matthew's Jewish uh, measure, these are Gentile measures, and on and on. But uh, nevertheless, they uh, start out uh, the same. And then look at uh, verse 16. Then came the first saying, Lord, thy pound hath gained ten pounds. By the way, because I don't want to discourage you, and I don't want to encourage you. Everybody that tried, gained. Now you got to get that. Everybody that tried, prospered, gained in the story. All right? So, well, I'm, I'm not a preacher. I just can't do anything or whatever. If you'll love God and do your best to live for Him, you'll gain. All right? Because, folks, without Him, we can do nothing anyway. All right, so um, I, you know, I, I was preaching this in one church, and a lady called up in the middle of the night, called a pastor, Pastor, I'm afraid the Lord's not going to want me around him. And it's like I, I didn't make it clear, you know. So I want to make it clear: uh, if you'll just give it, give you, give your best to the Lord, He will. You will gain. You will. You you'll get a blessing. But uh, notice now, verse 16. Then came the first saying, Lord. Thy pound gained ten pounds. He said unto him, Well, thou good servant, because thou hast been faithful to very little, have thou authority over ten cities. And the second came, saying, Lord, thy pound gained five pounds. And he said, Likewise to him, be thou also over five cities. And these guys, they get, they get authority over cities. Well, that's something to think about. I mean, that's, that's kind of exciting, to tell you the truth. Because uh, right now, that's not our position. Right now, we're to suffer. And I'll get to that in a minute. Um, and then you got the other one, verse uh, 20. Another came saying, Lord, behold, here's thy pound, which I have kept laid up in the napkin. And look at verse 24. And he said unto them that stood by, take from him the pound and give it to him that hath 
ten pounds. And they said unto him, Lord, he hath ten pounds. For I said, he that unto every one which hath should be given. And from him that hath not, even that he hath should be taken away from him. Well, that guy with ten, uh, ten uh, uh, pounds, that's a compounded interest there, boy. I mean, he does good there. I mean, that just snowballs. But uh, you take, uh, they're given cities except for the one that didn't do anything. He didn't get any cities. You, you, you ever wonder what's going to happen to the Christians that aren't faithful? They're saved. If you're saved, you're going to heaven. All right? And if you're here tonight and you're not saved, you're going to hell. Now, you don't have to. Jesus died for you, shed his blood for you, and uh, salvation is a free gift, and you can go to heaven with us. All right? And it's not this church. It's not a religion. It's him. All right? You need to be born again. But um, have you ever wondered what the Christians are going to do that aren't faithful? God, I'll tell you one thing that, that's going around, and it's not true. Uh, there's this teaching now that the unfaithful Christians in the millennium are going to be in outer darkness, weeping and wailing and gnashing their teeth. That is not going to happen. I mean, you're part of his body. And the Lord isn't going to be suffering in outer darkness, weeping and wailing and gnashing their teeth. That just... That's crazy. But uh, you take uh, everyone about that thing. I mean, if you're faithful, uh, take your Bibles go to 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy. I mean, get so caught up in right now. Just living right now. And, well, i got to get this done. i got to get that done, you know. And i got to get my house. got to get my car. got to get my savings. got to get my life insurance. And on and on and on. And those things of themselves, nothing wrong with them. I'm not preaching against those things. Unless they're more important to you than God. Now look at Second uh, Timothy chapter two, and look at verse eleven. Second Timothy two eleven it is a faithful saying: For if we be dead with him, we shall also live with him. All right? If you're saved, you are dead with him. Say, so what do you mean? Well, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So you are crucified with Christ. The Bible says you are dead and your life is here with Christ in God. So um, he says there, it is a faithful saying, for if we be dead with him, all right, if you're saved, you are. We shall also live with him, all right, and go to heaven. If we suffer... We shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he also will deny us. Look, it says, if we suffer. Do you know what the Lord said over there in Matthew? They were bringing little kids to the Lord. Remember that? And the disciples said, no, get them kids out of there. You know, just, no, we don't got time for them. And the Lord, Lord said, wait a minute. Suffer the little children. Come unto me and forbid them not. Remember that? You know what he's saying? He's saying, permit them, allow them to come to me. All right? Look at it. If, now that's a conditional clause. If we suffer. In other words, Lord, I'm going to permit you to run my life. Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? God, thy will be done. Lord, not my will, thine be done. Okay? If we suffer, in other words, you let God run you. By the way, if you do that, you will suffer. One way or another. I mean, it works. There's double application there. But he says that if we suffer, we shall also reign with him. And that's for a thousand years. A thousand years. Can you imagine a thousand years? I mean, what were they doing in 1008? Anybody know? <laughs> 
Well, I know they're killing Christians, you know, but a thousand and eight, that was a long time ago. Can you imagine a thousand years? Man, he says there, if we suffer, let the Lord run you. We shall also reign with him. If we deny him, Lord, I want to do what I want to do. Hey, kids. Well, the only reason I'm at church tonight, mom and dad make me go. And the only reason I do is because mom and dad make me do it. And the only reason I read my Bible is because I have to. Mom and dad make me read my Bible. But one of these days I'm going to grow up and then I can do what I want to do. You're crazy, man. You're crazy. Help self, but you won't reign for a thousand years. You say, what will I do? be honest with you, I don't know. But you won't reign. He says, if we suffer, we shall also reign. If we deny him. All right, if you don't suffer the Lord to run you now, deny him. You don't run yourself. He also will deny us. Uh, take from him the pound, give it to him that's got ten. You're not reigning. You're not going to reign with the Lord. Take your Bibles, go to Romans 8. Go to Romans uh, chapter 8. We'll see it again. In the Pauline epistles, Pauline doctrine, just in case there's any hypers, <laughs> which I don't, I don't believe there is here tonight, but just in case. Uh, Romans chapter 8, and look at verse 16. Romans eight sixteen. The Spirit itself bear the witness with our spirit that we are the children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ. An heir is somebody that inherits something right all right then uh, joint heirs with christ that millennial reign is the inheritance all right thousand years lord's reigning on the earth if you suffer you're going to reign he says there verse uh, 17 and if children then heirs heirs of god and joint heirs with christ if oh look at that word there it is again if oh it's not absolute now, if you're saved, it's absolute, you're going to heaven. If you're saved, it's absolute, you're in Christ, your name's in the book of life, and on and on and on, you're going to heaven, you're not going to hell, all right, that's absolute. This is not. This is not absolute. This is something you earn. Look at it. If so be that we suffer with Him, that we may be also glorified together. Take your Bibles, go to Colossians. Look at the book of uh, Colossians, uh, chapter 3. Colossians 3, there's a better day coming. There's a day coming when uh, Christians are going to be in charge. <laughs> Boy, that's exciting, man. <laughs> it really is. Look at uh, Colossians uh, 3. And by the way, when the Christians are in charge, nobody's going to take a vote. <laughs> There will be no voting. None. It'll be absolute. Um, isn't that, that just, boy, that just, that's exciting. It really is. Uh, Colossians 3.23, and whatsoever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto man. That's a great verse. That's a great verse. Knowing that of the Lord you shall receive the reward. That thing? Reward. Rewards are earned or lost. Depends on what you do now. The reward, what is it? Of the inheritance. That inheritance, thousand year reign, is a reward. And you earn it 
or you lose it. For you serve the Lord Christ, but he that doeth wrong shall receive the wrong which he hath done, and there is no respect of persons. And it doesn't say what it is. And I'll be honest with you, I don't know what it is. I just know this, you won't reign. I mean, you want your 50 years of pleasure. And it affects what you're going to do for a thousand. You ever think about that? Uh, You know, right now, you know what you are? You're a priest. And ladies, you're not priestesses. You're priests. (laughs) Over there in, uh, oh, where is it? Uh, You don't have to turn there. Over there in Revelation talks about that thing. Made us kings and priests and God and our Father. Not only that, you're a prophet. And ladies, you're not prophetesses, you're prophets. You say, why, 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 you know, you know where you're going when you die, don't you? Amen? How many of you know that? All right. That's more than Muhammad knew. Right? You know, you know where you're going when you die. Not only that, you go out and ask someone, if you died today, do you know for sure you go to heaven? And you know what? If they're lost, they go, well, uh, uh, I don't know. And you, you even know where they're going. You know that? You're a priest, you're a prophet, but let me ask you something. You're going to be a king? You see, what is a king without a kingdom? He's not a king. He's not a king. Now, over there in Ezekiel, we read about the sons of Zadok. And I got thinking about that thing and looking at that thing. And you know what they were? They were priests. And you know what you are? You're priests. And they ministered in a time when a lot of the other priests weren't doing right. And we're in an age when a lot of the other Christians are not doing right. And they minister in an age when Israel's in idolatry. And we're in an age where there's a lot of idolatry. So there is an application from the lives of the sons of Zadok that's going to apply to you and I. And uh, take your Bibles and let's just look at a few of them uh, here tonight. And uh, then we'll make an application. Go to, uh, let's see, go to Second Samuel. Look at Second Samuel. Second uh, Samuel fifteen. Second Samuel fifteen. Now this is Daddy. This is Daddy Zadok. By the way, you know who, what the line is? L- the line of Zadok. Line of Zadok is Phineas. You know your Bible. Phineas is the guy that took the javelin and and uh, put those two to the ground. That Midianite girl and and that uh, Jew uh, Jewish guy there. Um, but look at Second Samuel 15. Now, this all I want you to see here. David's leaving. Absalom's taking over the throne. David's leaving. And Zadok, I just want you to notice his uh, attitude or he just is right with God. I mean, he's just right where God is, right outlook, that sort of thing. Look at Second uh, Samuel 15, verse 24. And lo, Zadok also, <clears throat> and all the Levites were with him, bearing the ark of the covenant of God. And they set down the ark of God, and Abiathar went up until all the people had done passing out of the city. And the king said, Zadok, carry back the ark of God into the city. All I want you to notice there, he's got that ark. He sees David leaving, and he's like, get the ark, we're going. Now, that ark's where God was. God spoke from off of that ark. 
I mean, in the Old Testament, Jewish times, I mean, that was a very, very special piece of furniture. There's no doubt about that. And all I want you to know is Zadok had it. He knew who God's man was. He knew who the king was. And uh, they would put the staves in, get on each corner, pick it up. And he said, let's go. And he's right there with God. And David said, now carry it back. If Lord's merciful, I'll see it again. And if not, Lord's will be done. But he does that. And then under Solomon, I won't have you turn anywhere, but the high priest under Solomon is Azariah and his son of Zadok. Well, years go by, and Israel goes uh, into apostasy. And uh, they, they're not doing right. Idolatry creeps in and on and on like that, and they split and all that sort of thing. But uh, take your Bibles, go to Second Chronicles. Second Chronicles uh, 29. Look at Second Chronicles 29. And they've just had a wicked king, Ahaz, and just, just a mess. And a guy gets on the throne by the name of Hezekiah. And he's a good king. And Hezekiah, look at verse 2. And he did that which is right in the sight of the Lord according to all that David his father had done. And they inaugurate him. And I believe that morning that they inaugurated him, he was very impatient. Say, what do you mean? Oh, I think he was sitting on his throne, and he's th- I think he was going, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. Like, what? Say, hurry up. I said, hurry up. Like, and they're just, okay, you know, they got the point. God saved the king, whatever they did. And they said, you done? They said, yes, your majesty. First order of the day Immediately, King Hezekiah said, get the priests in here now. He said, how do you know that? Look at verse 3. He, in the first year of his reign, in the first month, opened the doors of the house of the Lord and repaired them. But look at verse 17. Now, they began on the first day of the first month to sanctify and on the eighth day of the month, and so on and so forth. So that's his first order. He just he said, man, we got to get that temple straightened out. And he knew that. And look at verse 11. My sons. Now, if you're saved here tonight, you're a son of God. Be not now negligent. The uh, temple of the Lord, had, uh, it, it was in a mess. Why? It had been neglected. Uh, where's the temple of the Lord today? Anybody know? It's your body. Uh, has yours been neglected? And I'm not talking about pumping iron. <laughs> you know, I'm talking about reading your Bible and walking with God, praying. But he says there, my sons, be not now negligent, for the Lord hath chosen you to stand before him. That's true of us. Uh, to serve him, that's true of us. And that you should minister unto him. You know what it said over there in the book of Acts? I, I believe it said, and as they ministered to the Lord and fasted. They ministered to the Lord. True of us. And burn incense, that's prayer. So he tells them, gives them a charge. And verse 12, Then the Levites arose, Mahath, the son of Amasai, and Joel, the son of Azariah, the sons of the Kohathites, the sons of Merari, Kish, the son of Abdi, on and on and on. And you know what? When they went in that temple, you know what happened? They got dirty. You say, So? I'll get to that in a minute. You know what else happened? They sweated. 
saved soul. I'll get to that in a minute. But nevertheless, there's a, there's a list there, and I thought, now, Lord, there's got to be a son of Zadok in there. Just got to be. And uh, you see there in verse uh, 12, it says, Joel, the son of Azariah. Go to chapter 31. Joel, the son of Azariah. Look at chapter 31, look at verse 10. Joel 31, I mean not Joel, but uh, 2 Chronicles 31.10. And Azariah, the chief priest of the house of Zadok, answered him. You know who Joel is? Joel's the son of Zadok. You say, well, preacher, there were other priests in there too. Yeah, there was then. But little by little, as Israel goes on, the others filter away, and the only ones that remain are the sons of Zadok. And you know, the Lord doesn't forget anything. Take your Bibles, go to Nehemiah chapter 11. Look at Nehemiah chapter 11. Nehemiah chapter 11. We'll just look, just look over uh, some of these sons of Zadok, and then we'll make an application. Look at Nehemiah chapter 11. Joel is in there. He's the son of Zadok. Azariah might have been in there too. I don't know. Look at Nehemiah chapter 11, verse 10. Nehemiah eleven ten, Of the priest, Jediah, the son of Joyarib, Jachin, Sariah. Now watch this. Sariah, the son of Hilkiah. Now you want to remember that guy, Hilkiah. I'm going to say that name again. Hilkiah. You say, why? Because Hilkiah is a great man. Really is. I mean, you want to remember that Hilkiah, the son of Meshullam, the son of Zadok. Now, take your Bibles, go to Second Kings. Look at Second Kings. Second Kings uh, 22. Second Kings 22. Second Kings, we'll just like say, just look at a few places here about the son of Zadok. Second Kings uh, 22, Pastor mentioned Josiah today. We were talking, and you see that first uh, verse that says Josiah was eight years old. Are there any boys here that are eight years old? Look at that. There's one there. Anybody else? Eight-year-old, one over there. Can you imagine? Can you imagine, you, you, you boys? Eight years old, can you imagine being the president of the United States right now? Running the whole country? You know what? You do a lot better job. <laughs> eight years old Josiah but when you get to Josiah you know where you are you're at the end you're within I haven't actually studied it out but I think you're in within like 50 60 years from the end of Israel you're at the end hey folks you know where we are tonight we're at the end and Josiah gets on the on the throne and Israel again is in apostasy Hezekiah straightened it out, went a little ways, and it fell down. Now here's Josiah. He's back on the throne, and uh, they're, they're in apostasy again. And he's like, oh, we've got to clean out the temple. We've got to get that thing straightened out. So look at uh, verse 8. And Hilkiah, well, we just read about him. We know he's the son of Zadok. The uh, high priest entered Shaphan the scribe. I have found the book of the law in the house of the Lord. And Hilkiah gave the book to Shaphan and he read it. He got in there, he's cleaning up the uh, temple of the Lord, the house of the Lord again. He's in there working, getting it all straightened up. And you know what happened when he did? He got dirty. He sure did. And I think he sweated too. He said, well, we'll get to that in a minute. 
But nevertheless, he's in there working. Now watch this in verse 8. I have found the book of the law in the house of the Lord. And Hilkiah gave the book to Shaphan and he read it. Now, Hilkiah is in there working and he's moving stuff, you know, and he's getting it all straightened up. And I'll tell you what he did not do. He did not see the book of the law. He go, okay, well, we'll put that over there and that'll be okay. And he just kept working. He didn't do that. Man, it's probably dingy and dark and dirty in there, and he's working around, he's got candlelight going, and he sees a book of the law, and maybe it moves stuff out of the way, and he's like, oh. And maybe he goes over and he, he picks it up. Shaphan! Shaphan, come here, look at, look, look at what I found! The words of God! I found the words of God. And you know what? There weren't any priests, other priests around. You know what? He's in there. He's excited about the words of God. In the last days of Israel, when the other priests were leaving, but he's in there and he knew where the words of God were and he was excited about them. You know what he was? He's a Bible believer. So what he was? After the other priests weren't excited about the word of God. He was. I'll tell you what, there's a lot of churches around Coon Rapids, Minneapolis, all that stuff, and they're not excited about the words of God. We are. We are. You take uh, Hilkiah's in there, and he loved the uh, words of God, knew where they were. Well, it's getting pretty close to Nebuchadnezzar coming in a few years later. Not too long. I think about 10, 15, something like that. And the Lord's in heaven, and he's he's, he's like... I need a preacher. I think he's saying that today. I need a preacher. And he's up there and he said, man, I, I need a preacher. He said, I really want my people to get right. And you know, if I just get a preacher that's going to preach it straight because the other ones, they're not preaching it straight. He said, I just need somebody that's going to preach it straight. You know what? I think one of those sons of Zadok probably did a good job. You know, maybe if I use one of those sons of Zadok, They'd probably preach it straight. I think they would. I, I think I'll get one of them. Take your Bibles. Go to Jeremiah chapter one. Look at Jeremiah chapter one. Jeremiah chapter one. Lord needs a preacher. Jeremiah chapter one. And look at verse one. The words of Jeremiah, the son of Hilkiah, of the priests that were in Anathoth, the land of Benjamin. You know who Jeremiah is? He's the son of Zadok. He's faithful. And if you know your Bible, the other priests didn't like him. Jeremiah, you're too negative. <laughs> Get rid of him. Oh, man, we hate you. Jeremiah's the son of Zadok. And Jeremiah's in there preaching it, preaching it straight. The other priests are leaving. Lord's watching. And boy, Nebuchadnezzar comes in and surrounds Jerusalem. And the Lord says to Jeremiah, here's the message I want you to preach. He says, yes, sir, Lord. Thus saith the Lord God, go join up with Nebuchadnezzar. Go back to Babylon. Just join up. Just go. And the other priest shut him up, shut him up, shut him up, kill him, you know. And uh, he preaches that. And there were other sons of Zadok around. And they're like, what's that, cuz? <laughs> he said, thus saith the Lord, uh, go out to Nebuchadnezzar. They said, Jeremiah's out. He said, thus saith the Lord. He said, all right, everybody, get your stuff, let's go. See, the sons of Zadok, they obeyed. 
You say, well, how do you know they went to Nebuchadnezzar? Well, you see, a few years go by, about, uh, oh, I'd say about 40, 50 years, something like that. I'm just guessing. It was a little while. They're over there in Babylon, and the Lord says, you know, I'd like the temple to be built again. And I need somebody to lead my people back to the land that I want them to have. Now, I wonder who I could use. Now, I know Nehemiah led him back physically, but he said, I need a spiritual leader. Now, I just, you know, looked up there. you know what? I bet one of the sons of Zadok do a good job. Take your Bibles, go to Ezra 7. Look at Ezra chapter 7. Go to Ezra chapter 7. These sons of Zadok, they just, they, they were there. They always did right. Always did right. And the Lord appreciated that. Look at Ezra chapter 7 verse 1. Ezra 7 1. Now after these things in the reign of Artaxerxes, king of Persia, Ezra, son of Sariah, the son of uh, Azariah, the son of Hilkiah, the son of Shalom, the son of Zadok. See that thing there? Ezra was the son of Zadok. And he led them back spiritually. And Nehemiah did it physically. But uh, over and over, they're, they're, just, they're, they're just doing exactly what God wanted them to do. Well, 3,000 years go by. Now, the rapture's taking place. Seven years tribulation, we come back on white horses. The Lord's setting up a kingdom for 1,000 years. Take your Bibles, go to Ezekiel 44. Go to Ezekiel 44 and we'll bring it all together. Go to Ezekiel 44. You ever wonder what you're going to do for 1,000 years? Something to think about. I like thinking about it. I mean, there have some ideas I'd like to do. I mean, if the Lord gave me a city. You ever wonder what you're going to do if the Lord gives you a city? I tell you what, if the Lord gave me a city, there'd be no sodomites in my city. You know? There's what, there'd be no bars. There'd be no booze. Well, the curse is lifted. I don't even think stuff for men. I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, um, but, uh, you know, I, that's going to be a great time. Great time. Folks, now's not the time to reign. But it's going to be. There's going to be a time. Look at uh, Ezekiel 44. 3,000 years go by. What you're reading about again, this, what we're going to read, is right at the beginning of the 1,000-year reign of Jesus Christ. Of course, it's going to be reigning from Jerusalem for 1,000 years. That's not the Arabs' land. It's going to be the Jews' land. And the Lord's coming back and taking over. And it's going to be a great, great day. But look at Ezekiel 44 and verse 9. Ezekiel 44 9. Thus saith the Lord God, No stranger uncircumcised in heart, nor uncircumcised in flesh shall enter into my sanctuary of any stranger that is among the children of Israel. And the Levites that are gone away far from me. There's the priests. Well, there's a bunch of them leaving nowadays, Christians. Just won't hang around the Word of God, won't do right, don't want to do right, leaving. Even Bible believers. Just quitting the fight. So I'm tired of fighting. I'm going to heaven. That's all that matters. 
Don't, don't let that be you. I know that's in me. There's something in each one of us that wants to just quit. There's, there's a part of us that rebels against all that's right. But don't let it be you. Look at verse 10. And the Levites that are gone away far from me. 3,000 years earlier, now, the Lord's like, okay, I remember. Now it's time, judgment time. When Israel went astray, which went astray away from me after their idols, they shall even bear their iniquity. Lord, how long are they going to bear their iniquity? One thousand years. Well, that's, that's Can you imagine? I mean, you know, there's the cities the Lord's given out. Now, these are Jews. You're a Christian. All right. It's not exactly the same. We get cities, all right, if we're faithful and suffering on and on. Can you imagine the Lord giving you a city? I mean, can you think about this. I mean, how many people were in America, let's say, 400 years ago? How's that? 1,600. 400 years ago, how many people were in America? I mean, you had a few hundred thousand Mongolians. That's all there was. It wasn't that much. You say, no, they were Indians. No, they are Mongolians. They came from Mongolia. We came from Europe. They went over through Alaska. We went across the Atlantic. I mean, either way. But, but just a bunch of Mongolians. And um, how did I get the... Okay. <laughs> Sunday, October 19th. Oh, it's the songs. All right. Um, <laughs> but I mean, a few hundred thousand Mongolians in America, and you know what else was in America back then? I mean, I mean, Minneapolis was—it wasn't even the frontier. It was like wilderness. I mean, there was a time when Eastern Pennsylvania was the frontier, you know. But uh, four hundred years ago, you know, what was in America there was lions and tigers. Bears, oh my. You say, well, well, why? Well, they were eating people. <laughs> and there was, there was the flu. And there was cancer. And there was bad food. I, I had a southern guy tell me, uh, he, he's a good old southern boy. <laughs> and he, you know, he grew up and they had the hams hanging out in the smoke shack and all that stuff. He said, those hams from them pigs? He said there'd be bugs that would eat their way out from the inside. He said there'd be holes in the ham as the bugs would hatch and eat their way out and fly away. That's why they cooked them so much. It's like, kill the bugs, man, kill the bugs. But uh, he said a lot of people died from bad food. And uh, there was the diseases. Turn of the century, number one killer in America was dysentery. I mean, stuff that... You know, we just take for granted there's polio. I mean, just on and on and on. And people dying and dying and just on and on like that. And then there was uh, uh, cowboys and Indians. I mean, Indians killed a number of them, you know, and we killed a number of them. And then there was uh, Revolutionary War. There was Civil War, World War One, World War Two, Korea, Vietnam, Desert Storm, on and on and on. And you know what? There's over 300 million people in America now. Three hundred million people in less than 400 years. Now, what's it going to be like when the animals are vegetarian? There's plenty of food. A child will be said to be a 100 years old. Do you realize if the Lord gives you a city, 
And let's say it's just one of those intersections out in the country with a gas station and a post office. You know? Like, here you go. Thanks, Lord. (laughs) But do you realize what that'll be in 400 years? That thing would be bigger than New York City. No doubt about that. That I mean, and, and you'll have it for a thousand. That thing will be a, a, it'll be a kingdom. It'll be a kingdom. Man, that's, that's something. I get thinking about that stuff. That excites me, man. It really does. And look at verse 11. Um, Yet they should be ministers in my sanctuary, having charge at the gates of the house. Do you want to notice that? And ministering to the house. Now notice this also. They shall slay the burnt offering. Don't forget that because we'll come back to it. And the sacrifice for the people. And they shall stand before them to minister unto them. Why, Lord? Because they ministered unto them before their idols. Do you realize what just happened there? Do you realize for a thousand years you know what they get? They get what they wanted. All they wanted to do was minister to the people. They weren't ministering to the Lord. They just, whatever the people wanted, well, the people want this, people want that, on and on and on, and we'll minister to the people, and then for a thousand years, the Lord says, all right, then uh, you can just minister to them for a thousand years. If the Lord gave you what you wanted for a thousand years, how would you do? If all you're concerned about is your home, and I'm not against having a home, you don't have to live like me. I mean, if all you're concerned about is your house and your bank account and your savings and your stocks and on and on and on like that, I mean, what would it be like to be there and there's your city and you're all right and the Lord said, no, no, no. Give it to him that's got ten. Lord. But Lord, what what am I going to do? Where, what, what, have you, what have you got for me? What if he says, oh, just go get a house? That's all you're concerned about anyway. Wouldn't that be something? Don't you know? Listen, if the Lord came tonight, there's at least a thousand and seven years before the tears are wiped away. You ever wonder what you're going to do for a thousand years? Boy, you better start thinking about it. <laughs> I mean, look at it. Verse 11. Yet they should be ministers in my sanctuary, having charge at the gates of the house, and uh, ministering to the house. They shall slay the burnt offering, the sacrifice for the people. They shall stand before them to minister unto them, because they ministered unto them before their idols. They reap what they sow. Says, okay, that's what you can do. Uh, and cause the house of Israel to fall into iniquity. Therefore have I lifted up my hand against them, saith the Lord God, and they shall bear their iniquity. Look at verse 13. Do you realize that what we're reading could be red letter? You realize that? That could be red letter. Because that's the Lord Jesus Christ talking. And look at verse 13. And they shall not come near unto me. Oh, the Lord would never say that to anybody. He said it right there. They'll not be around me. I don't want to see them. Isn't that something? And they shall not come near unto me to do the office of a priest unto me, 
nor to come near to any of my holy things in the most holy place, but they shall bear their shame and their abominations they have committed. Wow. That's something. But I will make them keepers of the charge of the house for all service thereof. You say, well, who's that? Oh, they're the plumbers and the carpenters and the electricians. If there's electricians. I don't know if there's going to be electricians. Say so why? Yeah. Say so why? Well, it says that the moon is going to be as bright as the sun is now. It's going to be seven times brighter. And I don't know how that works because if I get out in the sun right now for an hour, I'm burned. You know what I mean? Now, obviously, the, the light changes or something like that. It's not going to harm them. But seven times brighter, you don't need lights. It's going to be like day, man, at night. That makes you wonder what the day is going to be like. Wow. It's amazing. Amazing. But anyway, he says there, and he tells them, I mean, he says, you guys aren't going to be around me. I don't want to see you. Can you imagine the Lord saying, no, you're not going to reign with me. You just go do whatever you want. Go get a house. I don't care, but you're not reigning with me. Don't you know there's going to be some tears? Now watch this. Verse 15. But the priests, the Levites, the sons of Zadok, oh, there they are. There's the faithful. Uh, that kept the charge of my sanctuary when the children of Israel went astray away, uh, went astray from me. He says, I remember. When you're all alone. When you did right. You didn't have any friends. When you were homeschooled. <laughs> the other kids in the neighborhood you couldn't play with. I remember. When you stood up for me. When you're all alone. But the priests, Levites, sons of Zadok, kept the charge of my sanctuary when the children of Israel went astray away, went astray from me. They, now watch this, they should come near to me to minister unto me. And they shall stand before me to offer unto me the fat and the blood, saith the Lord God. They shall enter into my sanctuary. They shall come here to my table to minister unto me. And they shall keep my charge. Do you see a little bit of a difference there? It says to the other ones, I don't want to see you. But you guys, I want you around me and I want you to minister to me. Can you imagine the Lord saying, you'll not reign with me. But I want you. And I've got some cities for you. I want you to reign with me. Oh, what a difference. Oh, what a difference. Look at uh, the end of verse uh, 15. Um, and they shall stand before me to offer unto me the fat and the blood, saith the Lord God. So they're in there with the Lord, and they got to offer the blood, the fat, and I don't understand everything here, but look at the middle of verse 11. They shall slay the burnt offering. So these sons of Zadok are in there. And it's time. So they walk out. They got some beautiful clothes on. And over somewhere is the other priests that weren't faithful. And they're, <laughs> they're getting, you know, the burnt offering. Have you ever been around a ranch? They're just not real clean. You know that? 
It's like one preacher says, that preacher scared me. I got thinking of cow dung for a thousand years. He said, oh, he said, that just scares me, you know. <laughs> but they're out there. They, they got to get the sacrifice. And they're out there. You know what they're doing? They're getting dirty. And they're sweating. If they sweat in the millennium. But nevertheless, they get it. They get the blood. That son of Zadok comes out. And they hand it to him. I don't know exactly how it works. Whenever they hand it to him, thank you. And he just walks back in and offers that to the Lord Jesus Christ. What a difference. What a contrast. Look at verse 16. They shall enter into my sanctuary. They shall come near to my table to minister unto me. They shall keep my charge. Listen, these are Jewish priests. You're a Christian. You're a priest. But the question is, are you going to get a city? Or five or ten? Are you going to reign? Well, not if you don't suffer with Him. Not if you don't live for Him now and suffer Him to run you. Say, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? You don't do that now. You'll not reign then. You'll not reign then. You'll weep. You'll weep. And it shall come to pass when they enter in at the gates of the inner court, they shall be clothed with linen garments, and no wool shall come upon them whilst they minister in the gates of the inner court within. They shall have linen bonnets on their heads, shall have linen breeches upon their loins. They shall not gird themselves with anything that causeth sweat. Do you realize what's going on? So I remember when you had to clean up the temple, and you got dirty, and you sweated, and you labored. He said, I was watching. And you were doing exactly what I wanted you to do. And the other priests had left. And now, I don't want you to sweat. I just want you around me. We're talking about the King of Glory. My, my. Will the Lord say, I want you to reign with me. See, I can trust your judgment because you've already learned how to judge righteously and do right, and you've already been in the battle, and he said, so I trust your judgment. But the other Christians, they're just living for themselves. He's like, well, you weren't faithful in that which was least. There's no way I'm going to make you faithful in that which is much. Look at, we're, we're done. Verse uh, 23. And they shall teach my people the difference between the King James and the NIV. <laughs> but, you know, I got thinking about that thing. Is that the holy and the profane? Do you realize how many Christians, they do not believe, that they do not know what is profane? They just don't know what's profane. The NIV is profane. When it gives a title to Jesus Christ to the devil. In Isaiah 14, it's profane. I mean, the, the, the sodomite marriage and all that junk, it's profane. And there's Christians, they don't even know what's profane. They're going to have to be taught. I wonder if we'll get to do that. <laughs> it'll be something to tell, teach. Well, I don't know if he'll be there. I was thinking about Joel Osteen, but... Um, <laughs> nevertheless, whatever. Um, <laughs> and they shall teach my people the difference between the holy and the profane 
and caused them to discern between the unclean and the clean. And in controversy, they shall stand in judgment. Now, these are Jews, but nevertheless, if you suffer with them now, the Lord's going to give you a city or two or five or ten. And you get to reign for a thousand years with the King of glory. I'll tell you what, let God run you now. Let him have his way. Hey, young man, hey, old man, does the Lord want you to preach and you're not doing it? Get busy, man, get busy. I mean, whatever God wants you to do, do it. Well, it's, it's hard and I just don't know how. And Man, get busy. Suffer with him now. Be a prophet now. One day the king of glory is going to be reigning. Might only be seven years away. Are you going to get a city? He said, preacher, are you? I don't know. I hope so. It's one of those things, uh, you know, it's, it's a reward. So I don't have the definitive answer. All I don't know is this. I want to serve him and I want to do, do my best for him. And by the grace of God, I get a city. Or two. I want to hear him say, well done. Thou good and faithful servant. Lord, I did my best. I, I tried. He says, I know. I know. Oh, my. To have the king give me a city. Say, I want you to reign with me for a thousand years. Nobody is going to talk back to you. Nobody's going to be a smart aleck. And maybe some of those Christians, they're saved. They just live for money and their house and all of that. You know, maybe they could work for me. I'd give them a job. Ah, <laughs> uh, folks, I hope you're getting it. One of these days, Lord's coming. Might be tonight. We're going home. Seven years trip. Lord comes back. If you'll suffer with him now, you're going to reign with him then. It's going to be a great day. Father, I pray you bless the message. God, help us to get our eyes on you and our treasures in heaven. And as Christianity falls apart and leaves and they're just, the preachers are just preaching to the people, not for the Lord. And it's just, just, apostatizing. God help us. As Hilkiah, I found the book of the law in the house of the Lord. He's excited when all the other priests were gone. Father, I pray that you'd bless. I pray, Lord God, that you'd touch hearts. God, I pray there's someone fighting you tonight, they'd give in. Realize 70 years is but a vapor but it's going to determine what they do for a thousand. Father, I just pray you'd speak to our hearts. Remind us of these things. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Pastor. Let's remain with our heads bowed and our eyes closed. Everybody's head bowed. Everybody's eyes closed. Now, uh, it's real plain here, folks, here tonight. There was just, did you see it? See the vision? Wonder where the, all, this is all going to end? Well, that's where it's all going to end. Really, that's not even right either, is it? That's not, it's not going to end there. 
sometimes hard to see how what you're doing today relates to what's going to be going on in the next world, right? Do you see it? What you fail in today? What you succeed in today? Far-reaching consequences? Hey, are you saved? Is this stuff in play for you? Or are you just going to know a lake of fire? Flame and torment. Sorrow, disgrace, and shame. Agony. And you were never intended to know it. Because Jesus Christ took your burden and your sin for you. You sitting there tonight unsaved? never trusted Christ would you come people's not looking would you come if you've never trusted Christ let somebody take you aside show you out of the Bible how to be saved folks number 334 stand hey folks there's treasure in the book amen there's real treasure in the book number 334 
folks, I hope that uh, whatever you had to go through to get here tonight over the last few days, maybe just today, hopefully what you got tonight was worth it. Whatever, however tired you are and however early you got to get up in the morning and whatever you had to put up with today and whatever you'll have to put up with tomorrow, I hope it's worth coming back for. Amen. Amen. We look forward to seeing you tomorrow night at 7. Like I said, maybe some more folks in here from uh, Brother Brandon's place. Uh, come prepared to sing, and uh, we will uh, see you tomorrow. Let's have a word of prayer. Father, we are appreciative of uh, you entrusting us uh, with the mysteries of God. And uh, this is called stewardship. And it's required of stewards that a man be found faithful. We uh, pray you'll help us do with this what you would want us to do, Father. Turn it around into our lives and uh, make it real. We're grateful for you showing us some light. Uh, I know that some of this light wouldn't appeal to some Christians, Lord. Um, there are brothers and sisters, uh, but they're not where we're at. And, uh, Father, we uh, strive not to be proud. We hope that we might not become condescending. But, Lord, uh, don't cut the light off from us. Lord, keep it coming. Uh, keep giving us, Father, uh, something to keep us alive and keep this real uh, because we need it. And we don't want to dry up. We don't want to be withered on a vine. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.